Hello, and welcome to the My Leap of Faith podcast. My name is Gabrielle Genter, and I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling, to discovering myself through the help of energy healers, shamanic practices, grounding in nature, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. This is a journey of being stripped raw to the place of knowing no thing, as it is there we are able to open our hearts to everything and create a new existence on Mother Earth. My hope is to demystify the process of becoming one with your higher self and sharing your light from that place, and I want to bring you along for the ride. Send us farther than our legs can carry us. But you're Hi everyone, and welcome back. I just got back from another adventure out in the wilderness, and I want to share a portion of that with you guys here um, now. So um, let's see, about a couple months ago, um, my cousin was talking about doing a trip together, and I was open to whenever, whatever. It just kind of was like, let's see, what what can we do? And mainly they had been seeing us go camping often and wanted to join in. So they one is a teacher and the other one works at a university. So they have like a very narrow window of when we were going to go. So they selected the week that we would be going. And then I'm not sure. I think we've talked about like options of where to go in July, which is hot in, she, they live in Arizona and we live in Southern California. So it's very hot down here. So, um, we decided to go North and I said, what about Mount, Mount Shasta? And, but I, I suggested that before we, the date was picked or the week was picked. And, um, fast forward, my cousin was like, okay, can Richard make sure that he get, can get that week off before we, you know, request it as well or whatever. So as I was telling Richard the actual dates that I needed him to take off, I I was looking at my calendar and saw that the my anniversary of awakening was going to fall within the those dates. Now, I've only I have two anniversaries that I sh- talk about in my life and that I have in my calendar. So when they come up, I'm always looking for the significance of what's happening in my experience when those dates arrive. Now, I never plan anything in the in this way, but I am just holding space open for to see and like be very um present for those days. So as I was looking at the calendar dates to tell Richard, I said, oh, I mean, no, I didn't say. <laughs> I realized that uh, it was my awakening, which to me, my awakening is the first day that I remembered that I'm from, you know, a, a much different place than this, this vessel. I remembered energy and it was the day that I started searching what is energy. And I knew like without a doubt that this was where I was drawn towards. So I call that my awakening day. Um, so anyway, so this day falls within this, this week of dates that we are going to be going up and up to Mount Shasta. So I'm like, interesting, because when I had my very first anniversary, so my one year anniversary happened again, not by being planned, but was in Mount Shasta. And the actual date was the day that uh, we had a 
uh, a spiritual tour and that trip three years ago now was with my best friend and um, we went up to Mount Shasta. Sorry, a plane just came really low. <laughs> um, to Mount Shasta and I didn't even think about it. I had it on my, no, actually I didn't even have it as my anniversary on the calendar back then. But as we were talking to the guide, his name was, was is Garth. Um, we start, he asked me like, how long has it been, have you been on this journey? And I was like, Hmm, I guess like about a year. And I was like, wait a minute, actually exactly a year. And then I looked at my calendar and it literally was a year. So that's why I knew that's my anniversary date. So as we've moved forward in the years, I'm always like curious of where it's going to fall and what's going to be happening on it. Um, but this year, as I looked at the booking this trip, I realized that my four year anniversary was going to also be up in Mount Shasta. So I was like, oh, I, I definitely can see the synchronicities. Uh, my first year anniversary was there and now my fourth year anniversary will also be there. So as we move closer to the date, it turned out that my cousin and her husband couldn't come. So, you know, wait, before I say that, we had talked about doing spiritual, um, at least one spiritual experience while in Mount Shasta, because not only was Richard going to be there, but her husband and well as well, who they're not on this journey. You know, it's not their life. It's not their passion. It's not their uh, time to open to it. So we had agreed, and even the husbands agreed that we would do one spiritual experience, which I knew I wanted to do the same tour with the same tour group that I had three years ago. So I reached out to them and it turned out that Garth is no longer working there, but Ashlyn, who's the owner of the, um, of the ShastaVortex.com and, and the actual tour site, she was going to lead us on this tour. So, um, I, I like start talking to her about the dates. I tell her the week that we're going to be there. She gives me what she has available and we narrow down to one date and she asked me to put a deposit. Well, that particular, I, I shared that information with my cousin and it turned out like the next day, uh, her husband got promoted and hit the training for his promotion was going to happen during that week in Mount Shasta. So they would not be able to come with us. And I knew like the moment that I put out the energy to have this, um, well, look, it started before me. <laughs> Let's be honest. I didn't pick the dates. So, but when I was cognizant of the dates and then I reached out to create a, a ceremonial experience, um, yeah, everything shifts around you. So I knew when my cousin had to pull away because of her husband's job, I knew, yeah, they're not meant to come. And, and when you can walk through life with that greater perspective, so you never get like um, annoyed that people pull out or Richard still is in this phase of like, he doesn't get that. But as people like we make plans and then things don't follow through, like, I'm so grateful because I feel like the space is being cleared for the exact energies that are needed to create whatever healing container that we're going into for that vibration. So when she said that, I was like, okay, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously I know she, they really wanted to go. It's, it's just that it wasn't the right time. So, uh, Richard and I um, leave, left Excuse me on Wednesday evening and drove all day that day and then drove all day Thursday. So we get up to Mount Shasta on Thursday night. 
And um, this is the eve of my anniversary. And Richard, as a traveler, is like someone that is loves to do a trip, like uh, visit national parks. And I told you about that um, Atlas Obscura, Obscura site because he likes to find different random things to do in the space. And he's like always wanting to be on the go. So going into Shasta, I the only thing that I had booked based on the timing of Ashlyn was the tour. So. I knew, like, I'm not going to force him to spend a week here, which is what we were planning to do had my cousin and her husband come. I'm just going to be as open and fluid as I can be because I know that Shasta holds a vibration that makes some people uncomfortable and they can only handle it to a point. So we we pull into Shasta on um, Thursday evening and the way that Mount Shasta works in terms of camping is that the... The actual mountain is a no-commerce zone, meaning that all campsites above a certain elevation, which I think there are four, are all first come, first serve. And of course, like you have to, you know, be in the right space, time, frequency to get one of those spots. And so I told Richard, like, let's just drive up the mountain and we'll see. Like, let's see if if um you know, we're meant to be here and if there's space for us. So we passed the first one and they looked like there was space. And I'm like, let's just keep going because ultimately I wanted to go to the highest elevation, which is called Bunny Flats. And the reason is that in my first tour there, I knew that the energy up in that area is pretty intense. Um, It is, uh, and if you go back to the episode that I did on my first experience in Mount Shasta, I will link it below, but um, I saw that there is an energy discrepancy in this particular area, even to the point where the, the trees, you know, normal tree goes up to a point and one, um, branch that is the tallest. Well, the way in the trees in this area, they're split at the top because energy has moved through that and created this like opening into those trees. So I knew that. And I was like, if we can find a space up in bunny flats, that would be amazing. So we keep driving, keep driving. So beautiful. Um, it's magical up there. And they're actually, the mountain itself still has a lot of snow, so we get up to Bunny Flats and that because of all the snow from this year, that's the the highest that you can drive this this year. So the, there's a barricade. And so we start looking for a place to camp and we found the most amazing campsite up there. It, it fit our van, but then behind it was a trail that opened up into this natural circle of rocks that in the center, someone had created a pit for a fire. And right next to that, uh, that circle of rocks was a, a split tree. So I knew, okay, yes, this is where we're supposed to be. I'm going in deep, I tell him. <laughs> and he's like, okay, go, baby, go. So um, we, uh, I just went out and sat for sunset and I could feel the, there were different pockets of like, um, I mean, I think I've seen this in cartoons where it's like this ripple that happens in the in the air. And I could see there were these different pockets of rippling happening all around. I mean, I'm surrounded by trees and I am going to input pictures here so you guys can see. But I could see that there were these ripples happening all around me. 
And that's when I noticed that, uh, oh, wait, there's not only the tips are are split, there's also a tree right next to me that has um, a it's split at the at the base so that it has one trunk and then it splits out into two and and I'm like okay I know this is where I'm supposed to sit so I sit myself down and I just tuned in and what I noticed first was that there are a lot of circles in the area so not only am I sitting in this natural rock circle but I look to my left and there's um it's a an old dry bed creek but right where I'm sitting it's where the creek ends and it kind of has this circular pattern going around this tree in the center and so I'm noticing that and in it and like why are we be, why are we being called to look at this and what it felt like is that there there is an energy vortex there and the way that the circle has been made it feels like as I mean if you if I open myself up to the idea of spaceships, it felt like it it's where the like the 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 concentrated energy of that shape sitting down on the ground would create this pattern. So I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then I turn even further left and I notice this tree and I'm really tuning into this tree. And as I look down, I see that there are a circle of rocks, which this looks like people have placed cir- a circle of rocks around this particular tree from like, imagine the tree being a being in the circle. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, okay, I see another circle there. And so I noticed then that this is a gathering place. This is um, a, hmm. if I, okay, like we can only see flesh and bones, but if we had circles that could happen in energetics, there were energetic beings held in each one of these circles around each one. And I was just participating and sitting in on many circles happening in this gathering. And so I got this like knowing that I was supposed to get up and go and walk to that circle that had the the tree with the circle around it. And in the way it looked to me where I was sitting was, oh, I have flip-flops on. So I'm like, how am I going to get down there? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to wait on that and we'll see if you pull me in a, in a, in a little bit. <laughs> and and um, I just like stayed there just breathing in the air. The I think there are fir trees or pines. And it's like, oh, just being hypnotized by that vibration felt just very centering. So I stayed there for quite some time. And then I got up and then I I got up thinking I was just going to walk, you know, across the circle that I was in. And no, my my legs carried me down to the, the circle that I had noticed earlier. And I, so I walk into the center and I stood there for a minute and then I felt myself and, and by this, I mean, like, it's automatic movements and my mind's not driving the show. I just notice myself move up against putting my spine against the back of that tree and just holding like steady and breathing into receiving this uh, circle of ceremony of energy that was supporting that experience. Now, what I would say is... Um, I looked down and ooh, there was a stone and 
when I go to different um, sacred places, and not sometimes even not sacred, wherever I feel a connection, I always ask the earth to show me a stone that wants to be with me to like hold that vibration. And um, I'm going to get that stone one moment. So this is the stone that came through that evening. And it looked to me like the shape of a, a dolphin or an eel. Um, and I knew that was the stone that was meant to come with me. So already I could feel like the healing energies of water moving through this place that's full of nature and earth and trees and air. And um, I knew the water element was also present. So I go back to the van and I just let that be. So then the next morning is my anniversary day, which happens to be July 14th. And um Right that day before, Ashlyn had texted me and let me know that uh, she was feeling ill and that one of her other um, guides was going to be taking us on this journey. And, and I had booked a four-hour journey. So And she said his name is Dan Horton, and he'll meet me there tomorrow morning and blah, 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 blah. So we go in the morning, and we walk up, and right away I knew – I could feel why Dan was meant to be our guide, but um, just very welcoming. Um, we both pulled cards before, and I knew this was part of the the tour because remember I have been there three years ago. So, and I told Richard, just so you know, we're going to be pulling all, uh, animal spirit cards, and you know, I just want you to know, like that's that's what's coming your way. <laughs> And he's like, okay. So uh, we go outside and sit at a picnic table. And um, Richard had pulled the turkey and I had pulled the antelope. Actually, I didn't pull the antelope. The antelope jumped out of the deck. And um, I actually have the deck that we pulled the cards from, which is the medicine cards, uh, the discovery of the power through the ways of the animals. And um, I had, when I was at the same um tour three years ago they used this deck and i bought this this um oracle deck back then so yes richard pulled the turkey and i pulled the antelope and um dan says let's sit down and i want to tune into the energy of both the turkey and the antelope to give you guys an idea of what we're working with today and you know me i'm all about this and i'm i'm so uh all for it <laughs> so um we first went into the turkey energy, which was called the giveaway. And Dan, being a, God, a divine masculine presence, um, able to express these animal spirits on such a high vibrational plane, what I noticed in that in that moment was Richard raised his energy to the occasion. So the turkey is called the giveaway and Dan read the passage in the book, which basically says that the turkey's energy is all about giving away for the love of the give. Meaning like you sacrifice your own life for the, the betterment of others or, or the, let me tune into what it feels like. <laughs> the expansion of another. 
And he said, this is your energy. And I started crying because that is Richard's energy. And, you know, I explained to them why, why I was crying. I just said, you know, Richard is uh, completely selfless in a lot of ways. I mean, he's still human, but not only is he supporting me um to share myself in this way. But also, as you guys know, my mom is currently staying with us. And he's just this type of person that when he sees someone in need of his support gives unconditionally. And so to me, him pulling the turkey was no coincidence. And then we talked um, about my card, which was the antelope, which I had never experienced this card before, but basically was the gist of it was that I'm here to connect with higher spirits and bring that energy through to humanity. And, you know, Dan doesn't know anything about me at this point, but also it talks about action and that I'm here to now is the time. Like I have to pull the trigger. Now is the time to move forward. And... Yeah, so then I explained like my actual story and where I am on my journey. And, you know, it, the two cards themselves were um, very uh, important and also very tell, telling of where each of us is in our current uh, expression or contract. And that I needed that push to take action because it's almost like I've been like, you guys know, <laughs> like I think I'm ready and then I pull back and I'm not ready and... Um, yeah, the card was very much about taking action. So uh, the first we get into Dan's truck and the first place we go is to the Shasta Spring Waters. And oh, I don't I I OK, locally, I drink the um, Carlsbad Acline water, which comes from a spring. But in nature where it actually has a spring bubbling forward and you t- can take your water bottles and jugs and go to the spring and collect this sacred water is I knew this was the coming because this is like the purification of opening up the circle and the ceremony for the day. So um, we went there and collected water and I remembered that the water tasted very sweet to me and very like, I don't even know, um, pure, but in the sweetest way. (laughs) And So we each had some water and then Dan took us, um, there's a bridge that crosses the, 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 the natural spring and, but back behind there, there's trails and he, we had kind of connected on some dragon energy because I had told him how Richard built this van for us. And without knowing where I sleep, the walls where our bed is, is covered in, um, honeycomb patterns and, there's no way that he would know this because I don't go this deep with him. But to me, the honeycomb, when I see it, and I only knew this from when I met Zanita, she told me to start tuning into the walls around me because I would see honeycomb. And and one day it just bounced out at me and it's like this gold color and they're not very big. They're like, um, like if you put your your pointer finger and your thumb together. They're about that size and like, you know, thousands of them around this, this room, but not only this room, the whole house. So, um, that pattern to me has been very influential. And, um, obviously 
not surprising because I would say the bees were already calling me from, from way before I consciously knew them. But so Richard created this van that has these honeycombs. And what I know of the honeycombs is that actually they carry the vibration of the bees. But if you go into higher dimensions, what it actually is, is the scales of the dragon energy. So I had told Dan about how Richard knows things, but he doesn't consciously know why he's doing this. I'm like, I'm a grid worker and he knows where I'm supposed to go. So I just follow his lead and that it's every time like I get to a place and it's right. And then I explained how this particular day that we're sitting here is my fourth year anniversary and I did not plan it. I let everything else kind of orchestrate itself around me to create this opening. And um, so I was telling him like, Richard knows without knowing. So as we go um, to this bridge and cross the stream, he's like, I'm gonna bring you to a place that holds a lot of dragon energy. And I'm like, okay, so we go and it's this beautiful, um, right up against the, the river. So you hear water moving by and there's these two trees. And he says, one of them holds the masculine embodiment and the other one, the feminine. And as they grew, they actually, their bases are grown together. And there's like a, almost like a platform between them based on their trunks that you can step up on and walk on. And then they grow separately in this, in this little um, carved out, oasis on the stream so we sit down well first he tells us okay I want you guys he, and he, he's he the whole time he's very conscious of Richard not being um consciously in what we're doing right <laughs> so he keeps like talking to Richard and talking about science and and he starts by talking about the importance of water and how you know he gives them a book to read which it turns out I actually have the book which is called um the hidden uh energy of water I believe and he's um trying to make his mind at ease and I, I'm noticing this and kind of being consciously aware of it but letting him take the lead as the masculine and he says you know the waters are the purifier of us they actually are us and they hold so many memories and and the first sip that Richard took of that water he it brought a memory to him of him and his grandmother foraging for mushrooms and there was a natural spring near where he lived in Slovakia and the first sip he took he remembered that and brought that forward so Dan's explaining to him like the importance of water. And then I said, I, I don't remember telling him this when, when we started purchasing, um, you know, the five gallon uh, Mountain Valley waters back at the beginning of COVID. I didn't, I don't remember telling him why we needed that water, but then I, now I felt like the opening that I could go deeper with him. And I explained like, this is why we want natural water in our house. This is why the water is alive and it carries messages that if we open the door to them, we can receive. So for like three years, we ordered that uh, Mountain Valley spring water, but then our delivery system changed and we moved. So then we switched to the Carlsbad alkaline spring water that comes up in this area. So I explained that's why I purchased those. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? I did. He didn't know. But I don't think he could have known back then. I just, you know, like you have to like slide these things in in your everyday life. And then when the person's ready to open up to the wisdom, you can share it. So then he was like, oh, okay. And he's like grasping what Dan's laying down. And then he goes, I want you guys to um, 
And he goes, Richard, just just try to go with it. It may feel like it's way too much, but just try to humor us. That's how he put it. He's like, I want us to commune with these trees. And then he, which I was so grateful for, he explained uh, the way that he does it. And he puts his face right up into the tree trunk. And he's like, I want you to breathe in the tree. And we're like, okay. He goes, you're going to do an out breath through your mouth. And as you inhale through the nose, breathe in that tree. And I want you to do that for as long as intuitive, intuitively feels right. But, but around five breaths, you're trying to connect your infinity with their infinity loop and create this sim, the symbiotic relationship. So he goes, I want you guys to get up and go and, and, and tune into whatever, whichever tree you feel is being called to you. So I automatically go to the feminine. He goes, Richard goes to the masculine. And I noted, I looked over at Richard and he put his arms around that tree and just went into it like full on, like he, he let go of the ego and really took this moment to like, listen to Dan and be open to a totally straight man. That's like masculine into, into hiking and, you know, like let him guide him in a, divinely feminine way to something that Richard needed. And I, I, for my part, was just present and holding space for that. So I went into my own experience with the, the feminine tree. And then he, after a while, Richard came over to the feminine tree and, and communed with her. And I went to the masculine. And then Dan asked if we could sit down and do a guided meditation. Um, and Richard was like, yeah, okay, I'm open to it. Okay. And then, and then he says to Richard, do you, did you notice that when we first got here, I took off my flip flops and Gabrielle took off her shoes and socks and Richard's like, yeah. And he's like, the reason is because we want to ground here. And then he went into explaining what grounding was through his perspective and we want to feel the earth. So then Richard, I see him taking off his shoes and socks before the meditation and, Dan led us through a guided meditation that I think helped Richard let go of, you know, a lot of the times people that are just like not there to fully go into a silencing of the mind. The guided meditation is like the lulling journey to let go of your ego. And I, I mean, obviously I was in my own experience, but Richard did, was in his own, own experience and he, and we went there like this, our, our tour guide for this day was able to hold, you know, my vibration and Richard's vibration and at the same time contribute his energy to that being the bridge of welcoming Richard into a new experience. And uh, before actually we sat down there, he kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, um, you know, because Richard's just, you know, opening up to this experience, how would I I don't want to go too deep. And so I was thinking that we won't go into um, into Telos, which is the energy of the mountain and the people that are living in the mountain. Um, And I would say people is a very loose term. They're higher dimensional experiences expressions i would call them <laughs> which our ego can associate as people if if you are lucky enough to have the visuals to see them but i was like yeah you're definitely right like and and he said do you think a guided meditation will help i'm like definitely and so we had agreed that we were going to just keep it very light for richard so after this meditation 
Dan's like, okay, I think um, we're going to go up on the mountain and I'm going to show you guys some spots and, and we'll take it from there. As we're driving up the mountain, he's like, okay, I'm definitely getting some guidance that you guys are open and ready to receive the mountain. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like I wonder, and I'm thinking, I wonder if he's going to take us to the same places that Garth brought us to three years ago, but he makes a left turn, which I had not turned into any of these left, left, um, uh, like dirt driveways before as I was going up the mountain. So I know we're going to a new space and it's like dirt. And I mean, you need a four wheeler to to even get or four by four to even get back to where he brings us. Okay. And, and it's not very far from the main road, but maybe like three or four minutes, but it's like rough terrain. So we get there and I know I'm like, okay, I know something's happening here and I can feel it, you know, and, um, all the while I had brought in my water jug. So I'm sipping and communing with the energy of the water as well. And we stop, he parks and there's, he's like, this is pretty um, fascinating because I've never been here when there is no one else here. And I'm like, really? And he goes, oh, yeah, this is um, a very sacred place. And it's hidden by, you know, purpose. But there's always someone here uh, holding space. But he's like, I'm feeling like I didn't think you guys were ready for this. But I, um, I yeah, I got a very clear message that there was healing here. So he goes, I want you guys to explore. And I, as I look out the window, there's this tree, the, these kind of clusters of trees. And I can see what would look like, um, like from the parking lot, it would look like dirt, like kind of whirling up, but we are, it's nowhere near the parking lot. So it looked like this kind of dust going in a cyclone. And um, I said, what's over there? And he goes, that's one of the portals. And there's another one over here. And I want you to first, I'm going to have you just open up your intuition and just walk the walk around and feel into where you feel called to be. And then we'll get back together in 10 minutes and we'll talk about where, where we're going to, what portal we're going to go into. So I knew right away where the first one was because I could feel it. And when he also said that's the Celtic portal, that, that's the only thing I knew of that portal. So I'm like, okay, so right away I'm I know because I saw it that's the portal that I were meant to do work with so I but I don't say that so I right when we get out of the car I walk to the other side and the other side there's um a pentagram on the ground or a star um a five-pointed star and right away for me I knew this wasn't the energy that I was choosing but it felt like the the key to open up the other portal. So I walked, it's kind of like these trees are around and obviously in all of these stories, you're going to notice there's not pictures. I took this time, this four hours with Dan is very sacred and I, Richard too. So we didn't take any photos during this time. So I walked through um, these kind of canopy trees on this path and right in front of me is a big tree with stone circle around it. And I knew, again, it's a circle for for the gathering. So I go and I sit down in the circle, take my spot, and I look at the tree and there are staves, th three staves going um, at the base of the tree. <sighs> and I said, okay. So I sit down in my position in the circle and I just, um, I was like, I know that 
I'm supposed to work with the other portal, but I wanted to to tune into you and to just give gratitude. And, and, and obviously I'm feeling this, I'm not saying this, but I can feel my heart expanding and opening up to the Telos people and, and the energy that they hold so sacred. And, oh, I forgot to mention, oh, this was the biggest, my download during the meditation at the creek was, this is the heart chakra of the planet. And I consciously knew that, but I didn't know what that meant until I felt it, which every chakra of the planet and they're all there, you know, they're placed throughout the whole world is holding a certain vibration. Well, Shasta holds the root. And what that means is that it is the, the clearest point of entry to the root or core of the earth, which means that you can create, um, collect your ancient knowledge that the earth holds for you. So imagine like if, if you've listened to that episode where I talked about burying a crystal and amplifying your energy through that crystal, the root chakra of the planet is like the, the apex of that grounding rod. Okay. So that's what I got in my meditation. And I was like, and I'm so um, grateful to be ready to receive the earth in this way, because I could see that there was training that happened to get me there. So first it was uh, Joshua Tree, then it was Colorado and the Rockies and the, the stone people. And then it felt like it was like this kind of like if if you think about you're using the spiral in a counterclockwise to go up, you're also using that spiral in a clockwise motion to go down. And you have to go down through the layers of the elementals to receive the root. So when I was in Shasta three years ago, I wasn't ready to receive that full uh, anchor. So that this is what came through in my meditation. And I now that I think about it, that's probably why he was like, okay, <laughs> she's already opened up that that portal to the core. Let's see. Maybe if we drive up the mountain, they'll call her towards the the um the two portals that he brought us to. So as I'm sitting there in this uh stone circle with the tree in front of me, I I'm allowing the gratitude of my rooting in Shasta to kind of flower open. And again, that's through emotion, that's through feeling. And and my experience, when you want to work with elemental beings or other beings, you if you're having the conversation in your mind with them, it's harder to receive them back because they don't speak that way. If you open up your heart and you allow the gratitude and um, acknowledgement for the sacredness of this exact moment, time, space, reality, that's how they can com- communicate back to you and, and fill you up. So what came back to me was... <sighs> You're one of us, like we are in a circle, like none of us are separate from like we label as people, the Telos people, right? Like those are the people that hold the mountain energy. But in the big span of things, we are all one. So the reason that they wanted me to sit in the circle both the night before and this night or this day was to acknowledge that I am part of the circle. And then it was, um, we're holding the vibration but your healing is over is in the other portal. You'll have a lot of healing in the other portal. So I'm like, okay. And as I got that message, I look up and Richard's standing there to the side. And so we, um, I, sh- I showed him the circle and I explained what I was doing and that what I got. And, and he, so we start walking back to the middle 
point. And I tell Dan, I know our healing's over there. Um, the message I got here was that, yes, this was the portal for the, the mountain, but that there's something else over in the other portal, which I hadn't walked over to, to feel the energy yet to work with. And he was like, okay, yeah, I, I think that's, you're, you're right. And I mean, yeah, he's like, yeah, that is the, that those are the Telos portal over there. And this is the Celtic one over here. And so he's told Richard and I to first go and explore it ourselves because his exp- explanation to this was, when you open up and you don't, your mind's not s- s- like waiting for the guide to say, this is the where the portal is. He's wanting to see, can we find it? So immediately I knew where it was. I walked into the center of the trees. So again, this portal is a circle of trees. And I, I like just breathed into it and Richard kind of followed. And then we both did the, the breath communing with each of the trees And after that, Dan came over, we all took our shoes off again. And he's like, okay, um, I want you. And he he says again, like, Richard, this may kind of be crazy to you, but just try to go with it. Even if you're like, you know, what the hell am I doing? Just allow it to just flow. And and we're going to do a healing here. And I want you to just be open to the guided meditations that I'm going to bring us or the guides that the guided information I'm going to bring us. So we, we stand kind of in a, uh, you know, three point circle in the middle of this circle of canopies of trees. And he explains how we're going to, he's going to have like a, this mantra that he's going to say. And as we put, as he calls in the sun, we're going to hold our hands up to the sky and pull in the energy of the, of the sun. And then we're going to move it through our vessel and collect. He's going to go bring us through each chakra. And as we move to that chakra, we're going to gather the energy that no longer serves us. And then we're going to give it to the mountain. Like he's like, you're going to go to the mountain. So we do this, you know, uh, seven times for each chakra. And at the end, he's like, um, uh, we're going to bring in one last breath and you're going to put the intention of, of what you feel called to ask the mountain for in that exhale and that release out. And um, we each went through that process And what I felt in my own body was there was a lot of like, um, I guess I would say energetic cords to lower frequencies that I was holding in each chakra. And cords isn't the right word. I would call them threads. Um, They felt like these kind of residual tentacles that were still playing around in my root and my sacral mainly. And um, as I released that, I just felt like this, sense of like nurturing and peace come over me and you know Dan asked Richard if he would share what happened and Richard was like I don't feel comfortable uh right now and so Dan's like that's okay but on the way home he like we were listening to a book I think and he turned off the radio and he goes do you want to do you want to know what happened to me in that circle and I was like yeah So he's like, I got two messages and they're not, I've never had this before. I've never gotten something that I, I wasn't thinking about. And then I got like deduced to a situation where I got something. He's like, they just dropped in out of nowhere. So I know like, that's probably what you would call a download. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And he's like, 
the first, what I got is that I'm here to be the give, the give for you. And that I have been thinking that because we started as equal partners, that that's where we were supposed to be. And all of a sudden, this knowing came over me that I need to look at this, that you're doing something that not many people in this world can do and that I need to be the supporter of that regardless without the expectation that you're going to eventually be a, f- a financial partner again. And I, I've i never felt that. I didn't know how to release that um, feeling that I had that we started as partners, therefore we should be partners. And I I feel at peace with that knowing and and whatever is meant to come financially through you through this work is what's meant to be but I think I'm being called to just be the give which again came back to the turkey and then he said in the second message was that I have overextended myself and that I if I keep working the way that I'm working, I will give myself a heart attack. So that I, something like that, he needs to to slow down and also pare back on the, the externals. Now, he mentioned the house, for example. He's like, you know, it was, I feel like it was an emotional purchase. And I had in the back of my mind that eventually, you know, we would both be contributing to it. And it's such a big mortgage payment just for me. And I don't, I work crazy because I think I, how am I going to ever pay this off? And he's, he had been like working himself up about it. And he's like, I don't know if the message was like, if we're meant to move, we'll be shown where we're meant to move. And I said, did you get any messages about where we're supposed to move if we're supposed to leave this land? And he's like, no, but they just said that it's not worth me stressing about to the point of exhaustion. And I was like, I mean, that makes sense to me. You work like crazy. And I would say he works more than needed. Now, Richard, as a personality, also has these other hobbies that he he's really into collecting vintage motorcycles and a vintage truck. And these are not cheap hobbies. So um, there are some perspectives, I think, that are working through in his experience right now that he has to go through. And even if I, on my end, can see, like, it's not the house that's too expensive, it's the hobbies, you know, and I get it, you want to have hobbies, but it's like, he doesn't just stop, like, for example, in our, in our Sprinter van, it's not just the you know, ramshackle thing. No, he spent the top of the line dollars on every piece of that van. And it's not that it's not appreciated, but he hasn't gotten to the place in his hobbies to realize that it's not needed. You know, it's not the thing that's going to make us happy. And and I would say that goes too for his bikes, his motorcycles and all the things. But I can't shortchange the journey. Even if in the past I've made comments to that point, he doesn't get it yet. So I feel like the second message was like a, him starting to look at that in a bigger way, uh, bigger than he has before. So back to the tour. So after we, in every place that we were, Dan would say, do you guys feel complete here? Have, do you have any more? Do you want to walk around more? Like, what do you feel called to do? And we both felt complete there. So he brought us to, he said, there's one more place I want to bring you that's called the Ascension Rock. And um, it's a very, again, sacred spot. Um, You'll definitely probably see people meditating around this spot and holding the frequency. 
And there's, you have to actually climb up, do a little rock climbing to get to the top of this rock. And so we're both like, okay, that sounds great. So we get up there, or we get to the path, and then we start walking, and we eventually climb the rock, and we get up there. And um, it's you're sitting on this rock, and in front of you is Mount Shasta. And uh, Richard was on my left, and um, Dan was kind of behind us. And what I noticed right away is this huge, and I'm talking huge white butterfly going around us in a a counterclockwise motion, uh, like circling Richard and I over and over again. So that's the first thing that I noticed. And I just started like, okay, I'm paying attention. Like there is a rebirth happening here. And I'm very conscious of the cycle of what's moving through and holding space for what has happened. And even though I hadn't, Richard hadn't given me his downloads at that point, I knew he was, he was really taking this seriously and not from the mind. He was everything that Dan asked us to do or to participate in Richard was present for. So I knew that something had shifted. And then Dan says, I'm being asked to tell you that you're supposed to guide us through whatever wants to come through you. He's speaking to me. And Oh, like I knew it. The moment he started speaking, I knew he was going to say this. And I personality wise, especially with Richard there, who I know I can get a, like way off, you know, like into another dimension. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> so Dan said, I, I am getting a strong indication that you're supposed to speak to us. And so I don't know what I said. But I looked at Richard and he was like looking at me like, okay, like I'm waiting. And I I just let go and I let whatever was meant to come through my voice. Uh, I, it wasn't a meditation. It was more like uh, me speaking. I, I, and I wasn't really speaking. I just talked to them first. I talked to them about allowing that that butterfly was showing us that our bodies are needing to move into a circular pattern, which is counterclockwise. So I said, if you feel called, just allow your body to take on that vibration and move with it. It just will make you feel more at ease. It, it like It's almost like it opens the door to the body to let go. And I just, from there, I don't even know what I said, but I was just talking about this um, experience uh, of why we were here and that the mountain was supporting us and that the, even the bird or the butterfly was here to support what was happening and just like sharing this gratitude. And I don't even know what else I, I I don't, honestly, I have no memory yet, hopefully of uh, this experience. Um, and then after we, I did that, then, uh, Dan asked us to ha- put forth an intention. Um, and weirdly, again, I did not consciously pick my intention, but what came through me was the, uh, this asking for the support to not hold judgment to every person in the circle every person's seat in the circle is exactly where it's supposed to be. And can I just hold space for that position? Now, what had been coming up for me over that day, the coming days was something very personal with a person in my family. And I had, I think that my asking or my intention for that moment was to have support as I moved through 
this experience with my family member and being able to support not only myself, but those in the circle as this um, experience unfolded. And so, yeah, I didn't consciously know that was an intention that was needed, but then a few fast forward a few days, it definitely was. So, um, what I will say, and I'm, I, the, the tour ends and it was a beautiful experience. I would a zillion, zillion percent recommend Dan. He held a divine masculine perspective the entire time. And he's a wizard and he is uh, a deeply emotional being that had such reverence for what Richard and I were moving through, through the land, through the the practices that he taught us, through just everything. Um, And when we called it an end, I had said to Richard that I wanted to go up to um, Castle Lake and go into the water. And so he and I, we went and got lunch and then we went up to the lake and he said, right as we got out of the van, he was like, I'm like, he had put on his bathing suit and stuff, but he, we got to the water and he said, I I'm going to go in only to my feet. I'm not going to go swimming. So I was like, okay. And, and that's where I realized he had been open and held this open space for four hours. And I could feel the, the walls kind of closing back down. And, you know, I knew consciously that I had to allow it because I knew he moved through something, even though we hadn't talked about it yet, I had to let him pull back. And so we went into the lake and just kind of stayed like only knees deep. And, and, um, I mean, the water was absolutely freezing, (laughs) but, um, then he wanted to leave. He wanted to leave Shasta. And I knew like before I left on that trip, I had one of the books I was called to open up and look at. It's called Spiritual Places. And we got it from as a wedding gift. And in that book, the only one in North America that's listed is called Crater Lake and it's in Oregon. So I had said to Richard as we started driving up to Mount Shasta, I I opened that book that we got for the wedding and the only place in North America is Crater Lake. And so he was like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do on this trip too. So he, he, as he, after he left Castle Lake and Shasta and he was like, we're going to Crater Lake next. And I was like, okay. And I had to let go that my idea of being in Shasta would be to be there the full time and just be with the land. And Richard is like this kind of honing device. And he's like, nope, we're complete here. We did what we came to do. And now we're on to the next adventure. And I definitely held like a little bit of sadness as we left town because we literally only had 24 hours in Chasta. But I knew, okay, remember, he's the guide. And if you can follow that, he knows where we're next needed to be. And, re- and you were told before you even left that Greater Lake is the, the, the spiritual place to experience. And you know, none of this happens by coincidence. So I had to let go of Shasta fairly quickly. And it kind of felt like ripping off a bandaid. But I know that that trip was for Richard's opening. And if he was complete, I had to pull back my energy and let it be complete. (sighs) So I, I had just an amazing experience, but I also realized that it wasn't just for me this time. And I also realized that the reason my cousin and her husband 
pulled away their energy pulled away is that Richard needed the let go in his in his experience and he felt completely supported by Dan and I to do that and I think if there were more people in this situation you know especially someone opening up to uh nature it it's not easy to go throw your arms around a tree and just love it. But what I noticed moving forward in the next days of our trip is that he would, would go and do the breath with each tree that he felt called to. And he would touch the leaves of things. And he even put his arms around another tree when we were in the redwoods. And it opened up something in him that had never been there before. And I I believe it was a connection to his root and remembering that this is stuff we've done before. Your grandmother showed you as a child. And, and funnily enough, he's now feeling like, should we move up there? He feels this strong call now to Northern California and to these trees and these, uh, I mean, lands that hold such a different vibration than Southern California. Now, I don't know where this is going. He has already started looking for practices up there. I have to hold for whatever is meant to be. But I also know that we're still making plans here and moving forward with what we have planned here. So I don't know what's to come, but I know that I'm not meant to know right now. And I'm meant to feel into every day as it comes. And I just want you guys to know, like, as you are incorporating the energies in your life, to be more open and to be of higher frequency, you have to let it unfold in the, in the natural course that it is. Like it's four years into my journey and Richard's been like little by little accepting of me. Obviously he's my biggest supporter, but in his own journey, the opening happened in Shasta. And I just uh, am so grateful for the experience. And um, again, if you guys can get there anytime soon, there's some great vibrations moving through there. And it felt like so deeply grounding, but also cosmic in a way too, because you have the, the bridge. So as I told Dan what I was getting from my downloads from the meditation, he said that the Telos people, which I don't know anything about other than they're the people from Mu, that there's a, a, a portion of Mu that was able to move into this, this volcano. He said that they're the bridge between the cosmic, the heaven, the angelic realms, and the core of the earth. And they hold, they're literally them being in that, that volcano is the bridge. So to experience this bridge, it's like, Oh, <laughs> it feels like, um, yeah, it feels like the vessel, but the vessel blown full open because you're deeply rooted and you're deeply connected to the, the higher astrals, the higher realms, and you are holding it all in the body. So it's a, such a beautiful vibration and I cannot recommend it enough. Um, I, know that it was happening for a specific call and reason. And I want to say this to you guys too. Sometimes that full blown bloom won't happen in my body until a few weeks from now, a month from now, because the way that these downloads or experiences are experiences, there's only a portion of your consciousness that can be present for it. Like in Richard's case, he opened up for that four hours and then he had to close back down because it was at his max. For me, I'm able to pick up on more of the nuances and be present for and conscious while they're happening. 
But there are codes that are shared in these uh, sacred experiences that my vessel isn't capable of deciphering at this time space. So as I move forward in the next days and weeks, I will get more information about why I was there. So I I want to tell you guys this because this is this is what grid working is. This is being with the land and being called to where you're moving moving and meant to move to. Maybe not for your opening, but for your closest partner's opening. Um, yes. So I I am so grateful for this experience and thank you so much for being on this journey with me. From you comes the honey my song tender to the tendrils blooming color taste and longing for you who kiss the petals of my reach send us farther than our legs can carry us but your flight weaves the membranes of our stem So we give our voices to the ones who've left us So we give our voices to the ones who cry in silence So we give our voices So we give our voices to the ones whose speeches Running under soil beneath So we give our voices So we give our voices to the ones who've left us So we give our voices to the ones who cry in silence Just running under soil beneath Welcome back to the Mystery School Moments. I pulled the card um, for this trip before I left, and it was from the the Kali Oracle by Alana Fairchild. And I knew that this something was going to um, be, how do I say, like a the death and rebirth of something. I felt like there was this kind of a shedding that would happen while we were there. And the card that I pulled from this deck is called Kadga, K-A-K-H-A-D-G-A, Kadga. A predestined series of events is due to occur according to divine timing. This has been orchestrated at a higher level to integrate the paths of people with whom you have soul contracts in this lifetime. Trust in the doors that close just as much as the doors that open for you as a result. Now, reading this card before I left, I was like, hmm, okay, let's see what happens. But now coming back around after going on this trip, I can clearly see that this was Richard's trip and there was definitely a let go happening because as it said, this has been orchestrated at a higher level to integrate the paths 
of the people with whom you have soul contracts in this lifetime. So allowing and being called to and move moving through the areas in, in time that are maybe not just for you, but also people that are close to you. Now, also, while I was at the um, Chasta Vortex um, office, um, Ashlyn has a deck there that is called the Emerald Tablets Cards of Destiny. And she was there in the office when we got there. And I don't really know how it... Oh, she mentioned that she wrote a lot of books and that she had a deck of cards. And I said, oh... I, I know about your cards because on the, her website, she talks about these these um, oracle cards. And I so she goes, oh, go go and grab one before your, your tour. So I went and, and I looked at the deck. I didn't look at the deck. I just, um, <laughs> I was going to pull a card, which I'm, I'm looking for the card that I pulled. Because I ended up buying the deck, of course. You know me. I can't not by the deck. <laughs> so um, the card that I pulled was the Halls of Death. And I actually didn't pull it. it again, this was a jumper. So, <laughs> um, and I remember in that moment, um, Dan said, oh, that's the, the rebirth. So the Halls of Death in this deck say, beneath the Halls of Amenti are the Halls of Death. Though they are filled with light, they are walled in by darkness. Utanas, um, Lord of Three, one of the lords of the cycles, is the creator and guardian of the halls of death. Utanas um, greets all who come with love and compassion and help them awaken so that they can continue life where time no longer exists. When the children of men cross over from earth to the next plane of existence, they are brought to the halls of death to learn what's next. Some know not why they are there, while others know full well. Those who know walk easily through that transitional state. Those who don't go into the trance-like state of confusion and feel lost until they are fully, finally ready to move on. That's why many people fear death. Some say in the halls of death, stay in the halls of death for long periods of time while they experience their own worst fears. Fear holds them back and prevents forward movement, just as it does on earth. There is no need to fear anything in the halls of death except what their own beliefs create. So right away when we entered the office, this rebirth was already making itself present and known. And... Um, you know, I, what I want to share here is that sometimes, you know, I'm a big fan of Oracle cards and sometimes I pull them and I don't yet know the message. Even if I read the book and I, I am trying to grasp what the message is, I have these little holders on my desk to hold cards that I pull throughout the week because I know within about a week's time, it's going to make sense to me. So I'm always holding space for what comes through as a talisman for that the knowing can, I can uh, like embody the knowing as I cross that, that threshold in my, my physical reality. So as I pulled this halls of death, I thought, you know, is it a rebirth for me or is this for Richard? And sure enough, like I've never experienced him going into such a state of surrender in, in 
it felt like a surrender into to a way that he has already known. And, and from what I understood, his grandmother had him in the forest all the time, walking barefoot, collecting mushrooms and the spring water. So it's like he went through a full rebirth and remembering. And it just felt like such a beautiful, nurturing space to have it. You know, um, I look at why we're called to these sacred sites. And the reason is because we have left ourselves codes there. When we sat by that creek um, doing this meditation, Richard said, this looks exactly like it did for me as a child. This is how I grew up. Why? Like, think about that. Why would this, uh, this experience in the middle of summer, you know, by ourselves be this recreation of his childhood? It's because he let go of all of the, you know, the hard edges that we, we put around ourselves as we move through the ages of our experience here. They wanted him to reconnect with that playful childlike energy that would be the one that would go up and hug a tree. And I mean, I, I'm just so grateful. And um, thank you guys for being on this journey with me. And also, you know, in any ways that you share yourselves with me, I, I have such deep gratitude for. Um, recently, I was talking with a friend and she was reflecting how I share like, she can't believe how much love I give towards other people. And my response was, you know, from the very beginning, Richard said to me, you're here to share, you need to start a podcast, right? And I, I didn't have anyone to talk to much less did I know I had anything to share. But what happened at a very early stage of my journey is that I learned that it only becomes uh, my reality, my I as a truth in my body when I share. So sometimes these these episodes are just diaries for me to get that get it out of me into the ethers as a way to cement it in my own experience. So I don't look at this like I'm I'm here to affect this number of people, and you know I I can't go that far out because if I do, I would take in other people's perspectives. So I wouldn't be able to speak from my own vessel. So I was telling her that actually I, it, the, the, the form or the modality of the share is the actual gift. It actually is gifting me as well as gifting whoever feels called to listen to this. So I want to say thank you for you guys for being the, the perfect, um, mode and modality for me to get a get this out of my body so that it can live in my cells you know it can live and breathe within my my toroidal field as me if I were to have held back and and held this stuff in it it has no breathing room it hasn't it doesn't have life to it and and on top of that spirit doesn't know that it's in your reality because you haven't expressed it it has to be a like a um like an inhale and an exhale. It has to be because then once you do that exhale, there's room to bring in the next inhale. And I very consciously know that. And I'm, I'm, I'm so filled with gratitude for the, the role that you guys are also playing in this toroidal experience for me as well. I love you very much. <laughs>